What the fuck is going on, Degenerates? We recorded an episode on Monday. It was supposed to come out today, Wednesday. Didn't happen. Uh, more technical difficulties. Um, it seems to be the story of our life right now, but we've switched sites. Hopefully you guys actually hear this one. <laughs> and uh, we are really looking forward to talking about the stuff that we talked about last episode. <laughs> so we did some DFS 101. We did a little bit of injury report. We're going to be breaking down the Sunday main slate for you guys. And uh, we couldn't be more excited. And I'm joined, as always, by the Dynasty Degenerate, Mr. Steven Sampson, and the DFS Degenerate, Mr. Eric Defusco. How you doing tonight, boys? Good, Brian. What's up, Degenerates? Week 11, riddled with injuries. We got to talk about them. You didn't get to hear about them. Um, and we had a Dynasty segment planned. Sorry, maybe next time. Dynasty will be going again next year. Good luck. This week, week 11, is uh, a kind of a pivotal week in Dynasty. A lot of your trade deadlines are this week or next week. So you got to decide whether or not you should go into rebuild, sell some pieces off, or buy some pieces because you have a shot at making a run. So you can reach out to us if you want, and we'll do it on a case-by-case basis. We won't be able to do it on the show, but uh, shit happens. How you doing, Eric? I am doing very well, boys. How you guys doing? Good? Fucking awesome. Great. Trey Sermon's only 4500 bucks on DraftKings. <laughs> Too expensive. Uh, <laughs> well, surprisingly, he is. Funny you say that because I'm just adjusting my, uh, my lineup no, you're that not. I built. I, I am adjusting my lineup I built on Monday because of the news that we'll get into in the injury report with uh, the running back that currently is the starter, but probably you are won't not be this putting week. in Trey Sermon. I am not, but I am actually going oh. to pivot to Jeff Wilson. Yeah, well, that makes a lot more sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we definitely planned on doing a defense segment. I mean, quickly, let's just run through it. I mean, a lot of our listeners are Dynasty listeners. We try to cover everything. We haven't done Dynasty in a while. So, I mean, quickly, let me just ask you guys. Let's say right now you are in seventh place. Two of your, let's say, middling players are on IR or injured. Do you look at selling or do you just stay the line? Are you a buyer? You know, what is your mindset? If you're one of those middling guys, you know, maybe not a championship contender, but, you know, definitely a playoff contender. You know, what are your thoughts, Stephen, as the as a dynasty degenerate? If I'm in dynasty, if I don't think I can get to the championship, then I don't belong in the playoffs. So yeah, I'm going to exactly. try and, my thoughts and exactly selling, sell a couple pieces. I'm not going to dismantle. I'm not going into full rebuild, but I'm going to sell a couple pieces and at least try to set myself up for the following off season and draft. Because if I'm questioning my team, all right. You know, if I can add a couple of pieces fairly ch- reasonable, I won't say cheap, but fairly reasonable, I might do that if I think that those pieces will get me to the championship. If I have more than like a 10% doubt, I'm out. I, I, it's not worth it to me to get the number nine or number 10 pick and give away what I'd have to to add to that team. So 
So, I mean, let me ask you, though, you know, you said you're not going into full rebuild, but you're you're willing to sell pieces. So are you looking to sell older pieces, like maybe like a Derrick Henry, who is obviously still a stud, but who knows for how long, you know, so running back funny, shelf lives are shorter than ever. It's funny if you say that, because one of the teams that I just evaluated um, that was we were going to do has both Cooper Cup and Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. He's got a decent team but he's not ready this year he may not be ready next year but he has enough pieces that he doesn't need to go into a full rebuild so what i recommended to him was to move cup see what he gets for that and if he needs more pieces then look at moving henry either before the deadline or uh, early in the offseason those are guys that are going to bring you a, a pretty decent amount of picks or a young player a championship team is going to want those guys for their run this year so i i don't think i, I think cup set is highest right now i don't think he can repeat this year yeah he, no this is next this year is what he's, doing he's ever going to do um <laughs> so you can get a little bit more from right now i do i think he could probably still be a top 12 next year most likely yes but i don't think number one setting career marks at week 11 who knows? If we were wrong earlier this year. We could be wrong next year. But I would be willing to take the gamble to to take what I could get for him right now. Um, Eric wasn't wrong. And and there's the fear that maybe the Rams are starting to get figured out. I'm not quite buying into that whole storyline, but they oh, I'm not have either. Not look good the past two weeks. Like, no, two bad losses in a garbage. row. But yeah. Cup was still good in those two games. Yes, he was. He, he still was going to get double digit targets. Yes. Yeah. He's almost a lock for double-digit targets and at least, like, 80 receiving yards a week. Especially with Minimum. what's going out, that that helps Cup. So, I mean, Eric, let me ask you. You know, you're the, the Cooper Cup guy. You called it in the preseason. You you literally were on this podcast and said he could he has number one potential. You said it was unlikely, but you said that it's, it's in the realm of possibility. I flat-out laughed in your face, and now who's laughing? So... If you're a middler and you have Cooper Cup, do you take the plethora of picks you can get for Cup, or do you hold on to him and see what happens next year? I would probably take the picks because this is probably his peak as far as production goes and, and, and what you can get in return for Cooper Cup. He's 28. He's not old. He's not young. You know what I mean? He's not 24. No, you should, 24, you should have two you or three still, more years of, of yeah. decent production from him. So it's not going to be a buyer not wanting to take him, right? Yeah. And he's he is the number one overall wide receiver, so you, you mm-hmm. are going to get a hefty return for him. So and let me ask you guys. Less. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you need to get a haul for him or just keep him. Uh, let me ask you guys about another guy that people were a lot lower on this past offseason. Debo Samuel who is currently the wide receiver three, has been tearing it up. He's a fucking monster. He's a yak machine. He's showing us everything he showed us in his rookie season. Last year, not as good, but is he somebody you're looking to sell? Like, I mean, he's a lot. He's 25 years old. I mean, personally, if I have Debo, even if I'm a middler, I'm looking at Debo like a guy I can build around. Yeah, I would. I would say... That I, I would consider it. Um, Debo's a guy I would definitely, if I'm trading him because of his age, I'm getting a player back. You know, like if I'm going to trade Debo, maybe I'll try to get Ayuk back or Claypool or 
something like that. Scrub. <laughs> the talent's there. It, it eventually will will show. I mean, you, you can get somebody like that and still get an additional first for Debo. So I, I think I would try to at least get a younger player with some some upside. Higgins, you know what I mean? Some something like that. That mm-hmm. I, I'm not taking a huge hit by removing that guy from my team and there's still the possibility he can be a wide receiver too in fantasy. And, uh, you know, quickly, you know, if you're out of it, are there any players you're looking to acquire? You know, one of the names that really jumps out to me, Amari Cooper, who right now is wide receiver 23. People might be kind of looking at him going, oh, geez, it looks like it's CD's team. I don't know. I, I, I Maybe they're kind of wavering a little bit. and. You know, like we we've talked about on this podcast, we don't expect Amari to be a fucking cowboy next year. He's going to get released. He's going to call his own shot. He's probably, hopefully, go to a team with a good quarterback and an opening for him. And he could go right back to dominance. It's not his fault that CeeDee Lamb's a fucking beast. You know, is he somebody you're looking to buy up at the trade deadline? Even if you're a middler, maybe he's somebody you can kind of build around. You know, he's only 27. I'm not opposed to it. Uh, usually, if I'm middling, I'm not trying to buy anybody. See, I, I, I'm usually not either, but if I can buy low on somebody that I yeah. think is going to help me in the future. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to trying to get Cooper. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to trying to get Allen Robinson right now because we know he's going somewhere else, he, and he should be fairly low-priced. Mm-hmm. A couple other guys along the same logic I think would be like Kareem Hunt you might be able to get at a reasonable price right now especially missing another week I I think in Dynasty that would be tough but I mean I'm also the Kareem Hunt guy maybe I'm just too high on him it's it's not as tough as you might think but a lot of the problem with Kareem Hunt is he's on a lot of the teams that have better records so trying to get him from one of those teams is tough unless you're trading a guy that you don't really want to trade you know, but you potentially could work something out. I was actually hoping Hunt would return this week so I could uh, try to ship him off in the listener dynasty. Yeah. I'll I buy still him right now. Try, but I'll buy him right now. Send me an offer. I'll, all right. We'll do it. I'll do it after we record. Yeah. All right. I'll so um, the last two weeks, A.J. Brown has failed to break double digits. He's been more or less abysmal outside of a handful of games. Is he somebody that you think you might be able to get on the cheap? No. Or do you think his owners are a little too smart? No, his, not in Dynasty. You're not going to get A.J. Brown cheap in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the talent's there. Uh, the problem he's having is he's the only person that they have to defend right now because Henry's gone. Yeah. When Henry comes back or they get a, another wide receiver that steps up, A.J. Brown will do better. It's uh, just easy about, to uh, cover him and nobody else can do anything. So Yeah, that's true. Uh, what about Cortland Sutton? I mean, I still think he has wide receiver one potential with a good quarterback. And Jerry Judy is more than adequate to be a number two. Uh, Noah Fant has shown his potential. Uh, Jamal Williams, I'm sorry, Javonta Williams is a stud in the making. You know, I mean, I would imagine Melvin Gordon is not on the team next year. And... You know, if they get a quarterback, either A, in the draft, or B, trade, C, free agency, whatever, I feel like that team's ready to go off. Mm-hmm. Uh, any interest in buying Cortland Sutton, Eric? Ah, uh, Honestly, 
I was actually thinking about trying to sell something in the listener league as well. Send me an offer. I just, I believe. <laughs> I was say, I'm interested in both in, in the I, listener league as well. I think Judy. Oh, he is, is the future. Is no the question. Future and he's going to be the alpha. And no I question. like Sutton. Don't get me wrong. But every game log I've looked at and from what I've seen, I know it's kind of a small sample size, but it just seems like this year when Judy's active, he's getting the looks. He's out targeting Sutton. And Sutton's kind of become boom busty. Like he's had some bad games lately too. Oh yeah, uh, he's had sure. some monster games. Yeah, part well. of that though too yeah. is uh, the quarterback play has been abysmal at best. So, and they can't get a consistent running game because they insist on making Melvin Gordon their number one. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's it's you know, like I said, I'm buying him for the future. If they get a quarterback and Melvin Gordon's gone and Javonta Williams is the dude, I think that team's totally, totally, totally different. And, you know, going back to the offseason, there was a lot of talk that Aaron Rodgers was interested in playing for the Broncos. And there's still a lot of talk that he may not be a Packer next year. And now all this COVID crap and saying he's vaccinated when he's not and it's. I feel like that's more fuel for the fire. We all saw the press conference where he basically called his owner and his GM a moron. It's. I feel like it's more likely than ever that he goes into free agency at some point this year or gets traded at some point this year. And you know, does he go? Does he end up going to the Broncos? Like, who the fuck knows? But it definitely. There were a lot of reports that he was interested in them and they were interested in him. So here's what I do know: next year there will be a new quarterback in Denver. Oh yeah, no, that's not up for debate. Yeah, regardless they're draft of who it one. is, what, yeah. yeah, whether they draft one, whether they they Jimmy Garoppolo is probably not going to be in San Fran. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a possibility is not in Green Bay. Um, Maybe probably, Watson finally gets moved. Watson's going to get moved. Russell. Um, <laughs> I don't think Russell's going anywhere. Unfortunately, I think he's going <laughs> to stay. You know, but there's going to be four or five quarterbacks that are quality quarterbacks that are going to be on the move. So yeah. somebody will be in Denver, which helps all of the, the players involved. Whether Gordon stays or whether he goes, I don't think it's going to really make a huge difference to the receiving core. Javante Williams is going to take over the job. He's already starting to get more snap share. Well, no, but if you have a, if you have a better running game, it definitely oh, it helps, it, it helps it, it keep helps the, 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 the defense honest. Right. You know? But, I mean, like Gordon's not a slouch. He's actually doing fairly well. NFL he's okay. Wise, he's just not. He's, he's not, not electric. Fantasy. Right. Javonta uh, Williams is electric. He is, and like I said, he's starting to get more opportunities, and he's yeah. doing well with them. So this is just like last year when we watched DK, uh, uh, DK, uh, JK Dobbins be better mm-hmm. than Mark Ingram all year, and we're like, why won't they just give the ball to Dobbins? Yeah. And now we're all saying the same thing. It's not that Melvin Gordon is bad. It's just that Williams is clearly so much better. Like, just right. give him the fucking ball and be done with it, dude. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I know. And like I said, I think I think that transition is happening, and that'll help next year for whoever the quarterback is. Yeah. So uh, I think that's pretty much all the time we could dedicate to that if we we're going to fill everything else. So sorry we can't give you a better de- uh, dynasty segment. It's we really tried. We were going to dedicate like half of this episode, more than half of this episode of Dynasty, and it just didn't work out. So, like I said, reach out to us on Sleeper if you have if you have questions you want us to take a look. 
Oh, yeah, email, voicemail. Email us. We'll, we'll get back to you one way or another. Dynasty Listener League participants, I, I'm looking to sell, man. The only guys outside of Mitchell, Chase, and Dak are probably available. Hmm. You don't have enough uh, to get Chase. I'm just going to put that out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough in the world for me to give him up. Um, Let me go so shopping. That is going to take us out of the Dynasty Talk, and we're going to get back on script and hit the injury report. The injury report. So, I mean, I'm just going to rifle through these because we we still got a lot of DFS to do. So, uh, we got Chris Carson, who was a do not participate with a neck. Interest in starting Alex Collins, 1 through 10. 6. Eric? Who are they playing? Arizona. 4. 4. In Arizona, I believe. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. Surgery on a broken finger. He still could play week 11, but broken finger to me sounds pretty doubtful. They put um, a pin in it on Tuesday. I would be surprised if he plays. Yeah. I would say Jeff Wilson is definitely the guy to go grab, like Steve mentioned earlier. Um, do Already not fall for him. Trey Sermon. Do not fall for Trey Sermon, guys. <laughs> uh, Nick Chubb still has not cleared the COVID protocols. Hunt is still out. Ernest Johnson is still a viable play as of this recording Wednesday night at 9.17 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So mark that down. Aaron Jones, mild MCL sprain, one to two weeks. Um, they're expecting him to return after the bye. What are your, how interested are you in starting A.J. Dillon this week? A 12. Uh, through 10. 12. Yeah, yeah, he's all fire, over it, dude. Fire him up. He's a plug and play if you got yeah. him. Yeah. Dude, I, forget. I, I was shocked, man. All the redraft leagues I went through, he was not available. I couldn't believe it. He's been rostered all fucking year. Just people waiting for this opportunity. Yeah. He <laughs> he's become some the Alexander Madison. He is. He's a, he's a Madison Pollard. He's, he's a, a high-end handcuff. But he's had a couple of weeks where if you were desperate for a guy, you could plug him in and, and he put up like 14, 15 points. Yeah, he's been getting increased. He was getting increased usage as the season went on. It seemed like every week. Like once you hit like yep. week six, seven-ish. I flexed him a couple more, of weeks in the, in the degenerates league because I had nobody else to put in the spot. <laughs> we got Alvin Kamara, who originally was looking pretty grim, but now they're saying that he 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 practiced today. Like I said, this is Wednesday we're recording. Uh, you'll hear this Friday, but he practiced today, and so that kind of pans out well for him starting week 11. So keep an eye on that. Maybe don't uh, jump head first into Mark Ingram, even though I'm sure he's taken by now. Um, we got Cordell Patterson, who is out one to two weeks. Um, who is your fill-in for Patterson if you were going to make a waiver claim, Stephen? On Atlanta? Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> there's not a single running back on Atlanta I would try to replace Patterson with unfortunately by the time the listeners hear this it won't matter for this week because they played Thursday night but oh that's right they're playing the Patriots yeah but I still don't I, I would expect that Patterson will try to rush back though pun intended for, for week 12 um, <laughs> so I'm not going to lie I am somewhat interested by Wayne Goldman. oh 
A little bit. A little bit. New no. England's defense is not exactly legendary. No. And if he's going to get the majority of the carries, I yeah, there's but a he, real chance Goldman has a game. There is. I I don't believe it happens, but it wouldn't completely shock me if it if it did happen. If you have to resort to one of those two, good luck. Yeah, yeah, you're already in trouble. You're yeah. a middler or yeah. worse. Hopefully, you pick yeah, the I was right one. Say, <laughs> <laughs> you're out of it anyway. So what the fuck? Go shoot for the moon. We got Barkley, who returned to practice. He is questionable for Monday Night Football. We got Baker Mayfield, who has a knee issue. He is day-to-day, and the Browns think he will play. I'm sure he will as well. CEH, Andy Reid came out, I believe it was today, and said that uh, they think they might hold him out until after the bye. So, if you got Daryl Williams... Fire up Daryl Williams! Yep. <laughs> I need to change my DK lineup now. Um... We got uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who has missed the last, I believe, two weeks, and he is still not practicing. He is doubtful for week 11. And Murray, Kyle, Kyler Murray, I almost said Kyle, Kyler Murray, he still has an ankle injury. He did practice Wednesday. Keep an eye on him because he he's been close to playing the last two weeks, and he hasn't fucking played. And yeah, it he, almost he, caught me this week. He practiced last week. <laughs> And he practiced, I believe, a few days a week before, and he was still a scratch on Sunday. So, Yeah. Obviously, everybody knows about Woods by now. Uh, OBJ still looks like OBJ, so get that out of your heads. No, but Van Jefferson. Van fucking Jefferson, dude. We said it earlier in the season. Hope you listened. I grabbed him in a couple spots uh, where I had uh, some bench spots that were worth giving up, and uh, I'm glad I did. Because he played 95% of the snaps against San Francisco. And he had seven targets. Granted, he only caught three of them. But 18 yards per catch. 18 yards per catch. So I'm very happy with that. That's promising. Like, he hasn't returned value yet. But all the arrows are pointing in his direction. So we'll see what happens with it. I think he's a nice little wait and I see I disagree. Guy. I think oh. Odell's gonna get, Odell's gonna get more run. He's his first game with the Rams. He's no, he Odell. will, and he's yeah, going he, to his snap share is going to increase. I mean, give it time. I mean, Van Jefferson's okay. He's fine, but trust me, because I've been in this situation this year. Like he was nobody. I somebody I never felt comfortable starting, and I had to a few times. One time it helped, and two times it burned me. <laughs> he'll get more usage over you know like this last week because Odell just got there and then uh, probably next week since they're on by but uh, like Eric said Odell's going to get 50-60% on the on the field just because of who he is otherwise he's going to cry request a trade his dad will make a video and put it on YouTube put it, yeah and Sean McVay is <laughs> very sensitive so I, I, I don't think he wants YouTube videos yet <laughs> Uh, we got Julio, who is IR'd with a hamstring. We got Goder, who has not passed concussion uh, protocol yet. And Ricky Seals-Jones, who has a hip injury, did not practice on Wednesday. And I believe they're still expecting Logan Thomas to come back. It hasn't been confirmed no, yet. but he, The last I saw was he was not most likely coming back this week. Oh. Well, yeah, that's why I, I took it off of that because... Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. In that case, he's definitely quick. worth monitoring anyway. No, he's yeah, he's still worth monitoring. Um, 
did not return to practice Wednesday, Logan Thomas. Still inactive for Washington. Hmm. All righty. So that is going to wrap up the injury report. And now I'm going to hand the reins to my main man, Mr. Eric DeFusco, who's going to give us a little breakdown on DFS 101. DFS 101. Eric, the main slate. What are some of the things you look the for? Where do you, baby. Where do you look to save your money? Where do you look to spend your money? Walk us through it. Tell us uh, what are the things you look for when you're building your lineup for the main slate? So first things first, when I'm looking at, you know, the main slate for Sunday games, which is the one o'clock and four o'clock kickoff games, it does not include primetime night games. Uh, One of the first things I will look for is I will check out the games just on a random on the NFL app, on, on CBS Sports, ESPN, whatever. Whatever game I could check out. Hey, okay, let me see what week 11 games are out there. And I'll look right away and see which ones jump out to me. And like this this week specifically, the Chiefs and Cowboys was like prime number one. I said, oh, right away, boom. There's a game that should have a lot of scoring. Because that's essentially that's what you're looking for. You're looking for games that you sit there and you look at and you say, this game could be a shootout. There could be a lot of points scored in this game because more points scored in that game means more points players are going to score on your DFS lineups. You know, you, you don't want to target that game that you think, oh, that game might be a 14 to 10 game. No, you want that game that could be 38 to 34 or, you know, both teams cross the 30 barrier getting the high 20s. And you can do that. You can go to you can go to any spread site, Vegas out, Vegas uh, insiders. Um, you can find lines anywhere on DraftKings app, and you can check out the over unders, see which ones are high. You can look at team totals, see which team totals are high. You know, a team like the Bills, week in and week out, like they always have high team totals, like they're always in the like the thirties. It's just the way that that offense has been cooking. They're always going to be a high volume team. Kansas City's always high. Dallas been kind of high. And, you know, you kind of go from there. And so I'll go, I'll log in, I'll look at the games. Then I'll go on DraftKings. I'll kind of default, look at the, look at the salaries. Say, okay, you know, you got, this is a daily thing to like, you got to pay attention to injuries and all that because guys get like, we just hit on with the Eli Mitchell uh, finger injury. If he does not play this week, Jeff Wilson's a very interesting candidate. I believe he's fifty one hundred bucks, and he is somebody who I will have a lot of exposure to if Eli is out. So mm-hmm. you need to monitor these injuries for a lot of these players all week. You know, it's we just hit on with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's probably not going to get activated this week. So fifty uh, fifty four hundred Daryl Williams might be interesting in a game that I just said I think is going to be pretty high scoring. There's so many factors into building a tournament lineup. Like, you can go on any website, you can look anything up, and you can kind of see, okay, which players are going to be chalky, you know, this week. And So, you know, you bring up the chalk, so let me just ask you flat out, because this is something I struggle with. How do you separate the fact that they're going to be chalk versus their cost and performance? You know, I mean, if they're cheap and they're going to be awesome... They're probably going to be chalky, but you know, do you do you just automatically fade those guys, or do you kind of look at them and go, "No, you you have to do it." It's very situational, but 
So, for example, like last week, we had actually three to four very cheap chalky running backs. Mark Ingram and Dearness Johnson ended up being like the two highest owned guys, whereas like uh, Devin Singletary and Ramondre Stevenson were not as owned. But the cheap running backs like that, I'm less likely to fade because they're so cheap and they give you such salary relief elsewhere that in in Dearness Johnson's like situation is like you kind of knew like, dude, he's literally like the only guy standing going up against the Patriots. Their run defense is not that good. You can Mm -hmm. run on them. And he ended up working, so he was somebody I actually didn't fade. I did not fade Mark Ingram either because he was even cheaper. I believe he was 4500 last week. And the matchup was pretty decent going up against the Titans. And we knew, like, he's he's the de facto RB1 now with Kamara out. Like, sometimes with the running backs, you kind of just got to eat it and you got to differentiate elsewhere. Um, as far as, like, cheap wide receivers go, I'm more likely to fade them because the wide receivers, especially in the cheap range, they're more lottery tickets, I to say, than running backs. Like we knew Mark Ingram and Dearness Johnson last week were going to be the primary running backs on their team. Whereas with, you know, these cheap wide receivers, you get down in the Van Jefferson ranges. We spoke of him earlier, guys like that. Mm-hmm. Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, there's always cheap guys down there. You don't really know what's going to happen you can think they can have a, a you know a 25 point dk week they could very well come out and have a six point dk week like there's more boom bust uh capabilities to them and usually with the cheap wide receivers i'll look around in the same salary range if a guy's like 3600 i'll look around you know up or down two three hundred bucks like in that range and be like okay let me find another wide receiver that i think has just a good of chance as hitting of hitting as this guy that I believe will be a fifth of the ownership of, of said said wide receiver. You know, I will fade. Um, so I usually always fade cheap wide receivers. And sometimes elite wide receivers as well I will fade unless it's a, a game like the Chiefs and Cowboys. Like, I'm going to have exposure to Hill. I'm going to have exposure to Lamb yeah. and, and <laughs> stuff like that. But sometimes I will fade some of those guys too because there might be a guy who's not being talked about as much that I think is just as good a chance of hitting as C.D. Lamb, you know, like a Justin Jefferson or something. Yeah, I mean, because those defenses are so bad that you can you can take the chance on a Cedric Wilson or a Demarcus Robinson because, you know, they have equal opportunity to score a touchdown as anybody else, right? Yeah. But, you know, well, Cedric Wilson won't be very popular with, with, with Gallup being back this week. Cedric Wilson will not be popular at all. But So, like, Gallup's going to be super chalky. Let's just tie right into it. You know what I mean? He's 4,200. He's going to mm-hmm. be popular. He's a, he's, he's a part of a Cowboy stack if people are stacking, which I recommend everybody do. You always need to play at least a pass catcher or two with your quarterbacks when you're building your tournament lineups. If you're playing Josh Allen, you're playing Diggs, or you're playing Sanders, or you're playing both. Like, mm-hmm. you have to correlate there because you're it, when you're building this lineup, you're projecting that you think, you know, Allen's going to have a big game, 35-point game. So, naturally, there's going to be a wide receiver or two or a tight end who have a good game as well. So, you need to try to correlate that stack together so you maximize your point production in your lineup. But so real quick, okay. So I just want to circle this. So here's a, an example. So we have forty two hundred dollar Michael Gallup. You have Brian Edwards at forty one. Miko Hardman's four thousand. Hill could probably be a little popular too. 
because he's a part of that KC Dallas game. Mm-hmm. Gabe Davis is one of those guys I get stuck playing every freaking week just because, like, I know he has like he's 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 a slate breaking type wide receiver. He can have a monster game. Quez Watkins thirty seven, MVS is thirty seven. You know, you I'll look down up above. You got I ain't playing T Y Hilton. Randall Cobb's forty four. <laughs> Bateman's forty five. I think Bateman's going to be a little popular as well. Well, I'd rather pay up to get the Bateman. You know, personally. Yep. If I could, yep. you know, I'd, yeah, I'd find a way. Yeah, in my lineup, for sure. Yeah. And even, I'm an idiot, but I think that Cincy Las Vegas game could be a little high scoring, so I could also see myself playing a little Brian Edwards as well. Ooh. As gross as it is, but. <laughs> All right, so, um, fuck it. I mean, let's, uh, let's jump right in, and what else are we going to do besides the main slate? Sunday main slate. So Eric gave you a few tips, and now we're going to tell you how we applied them. Okay, so uh, anything, uh, Eric, obviously anything that occurs to you about me or Steve's lineups or about your own even, feel free to chime in. But uh, we'll run down the uh, main slate lineup position by position, and we'll see where we ended up. So I got a question for uh, both of you guys. And I'll answer it myself too. So when you guys when you guys start building your tournament lineup, like what's the first move you typically tend to do? Do you go to running backs? Do you go to your stack? Do you? I you to, take my tight end and defense. You take the tight end and defense, and then go from there. I get that. That so I I pick those guys. I look for cheap guys, and that kind of gives me the average I want to float around. And then I pick my expensive guys, and you know I. I so I, I look at the expensive guys I want to add, and then I start to look at the cheaper guys and try to figure out how to make it work. So I usually find my bargains before I find the guys that I have to play. You know what I mean? Like I went to this lineup, and I knew I wanted Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So I immediately went to the wide receivers and I was like, All right, are there any bargain guys? And like you mentioned, Rashad Bateman. I was like, fuck yeah. Like Rashad Bateman's $4,500. Chicago's terrible. He's on the up uh, on the upswing. So he was a guy I saved money on that I think could really hit it out of the park. And, you know, that was after I took Dalton Schultz for 46 and the Ravens for 33. And they just kind of like, Picking the cheaper guys first for me makes it easy to pick the higher guys because if I have if I, if I pick a whole lineup of cheap guys that I'm comfortable with, then it makes it really easy to decide who I'm going to get rid of to replace them with my upper end guys like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. You know, I mean, uh, uh, Stephen, where do you start? I usually decide which game I'm going to quarterback, and then I'll decide if I'm going to stack them with a wide receiver or the tight end in a couple of cases and then I'll go from there or if I don't go with <clears throat> excuse me if I don't go with a quarterback like earlier in the season Derrick Henry was in my lineup every week so I'd start with him and usually pick another running back and then build around that so it just kind of depends on the games for the week but yeah I'm I'm typically I'm a stack starter you know I'll you go pick right your stack to first and build yeah, around it. I'll go right to that quarterback stack that I'm looking to build. I'm like, all right, I'm going to build a DAC lineup here. 
or I'm going to build a Mahomes lineup or, or a Burrow lineup or a fucking Rogers lineup. And I'll correlate him with one to two players, pass catchers specifically, and, and kind of go from there, you know. And I'll, mm-hmm. I kind of build from, I'd say, the top down almost. Like, I'll kind of yeah, like, have an idea, like, all right, that I would like to try to squeeze in. Say, all right, so say I'm building a DAC lineup with CD and Schultz. Like, I might be like, all right, I'm definitely going to bring this back with Hill because I would like to have a piece of him as well because I think he could have a good game. And I'll kind of just build down from there. And I kind of go in with the mind, like, I kind of know some of the cheap wide receiver guys I'm looking for already and some of the cheap running back options I have to go, if I have to go to them, I can go to them. So. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of the opposite. Like I like I said, I, I, I kind of built from the bottom up. So I started my lineup and, you know, I, I immediately picked out Dalton Schultz and I immediately picked out the Ravens defense. And I'm like, all right, so this is my average going forward. And I looked at the quarterbacks and I said, fuck it, I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. He's over the average, but I can make it up elsewhere. And, you know, I found Deontay Johnson and Leonard Fournette. And obviously that helps a lot. And then, you know, I, I filled out. I don't want to give away my whole lineup because we were going to do a whole segment. But um, I got to the flex, and I had enough money for Devontae Adams. And I was like, perfect. I got my quarterback. I got my stack. I got guys I'm comfortable with. And we're, I'm all over it. So it was immediately submitted. I, I didn't think twice. But I kind of built it the opposite of you. I didn't pick my high-playered guys. Uh, my high-paid guys, and look for players to fill the gaps. I kind of picked the gaps and then was like, all right, how much money do I have left? Can I afford these high-end players? And I could, so I did it, you know? It's a difference of philosophy, but we end up in the same place. I mean, I'm sure my my lineup is not all that different from yours, but it just helps yeah. me kind of work through it to kind of go about it that direction. But... um. So, like I said, I mean, my quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Very comfortable with that playing against Minnesota. He's $7,000. You know, not the most expensive quarterback, believe it or not, but not even close. He was, I think he was, what, uh, eighth most expensive? I was like, fuck yeah, I'm all over that, dude. Anytime Mahomes is on this slate, he's typically number one. Or Josh <laughs> Allen. Yeah. Or Kyler. You know, actually, as I mentioned, Mahomes is fourth. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. I know he just had a really good game, but he's been playing like trash this year. There's no way for hands or butts about it. Like, he's thrown a lot of picks, and Trayvon Diggs has been a pick machine, so I expect him to have one in this game. Yeah, for sure. But Mahomes can also have four passing touchdowns in this game, too. And he's it's so tough to build Mahomes Oh, yeah, stacks. no, he absolutely could. It's yeah, so no hard. no question about it. It's so hard to build Mahomes stacks, especially double stacks with Kelsey and Hill. It's just so expensive. Like, <sighs> Brutal. So who who is your quarterback? So my quarterback, because I kind of got a little, not really too chalky in some spots, but I feel like I did. So I actually pivoted off of, believe it or not, the Cowboys and Chiefs game. And I actually went with a Burrow stack. Yep. Oh, Burrow's a lot cheaper, and yeah. Vegas has nothing to write mm-hmm. home about. Yep. Yeah, I actually I went with a Joe those. Burrow stack. Hmm. Is it too bad? You're kind of talking me into it. You kind of talking Burrow. me into it. I went with Burrow, I went with Chase, and I went with Uzma. That gives away three of my guys, but... Oh, I like it. I like it. Even though I'm a, I get a little worried with Uzo, because I feel like when all three of them receivers are healthy, he doesn't get as involved, but he's had some big fucking games so yeah, far this I, season. 
And I'm literally rebuilding my lineup right now, and I'm taking out Rodgers and Adams, and I'm putting in Burrow and Chase. I am not putting in Yuzma. I like the guy. He has a he has potential to hit, but like you said, when they're all there, he definitely struggles a little bit more. So I'm perfectly comfortable rolling with Schultz against Kansas City, like I mentioned before. Uh, Steven, who's your quarterback? Uh, so I built mine around Dak. I did the Dak CD uh, stack with mine. and uh, Which I'll definitely end up doing one of those as well. Yeah. I know I will. I'll probably I, do a Mahomes one too. I have like 14 lineups already done this week because I've been bored. Um, but yeah, I did that. And then I went uh, a little cheaper at running back with, uh, I don't mind giving mine out. I did AJ Dillon, James Conner, and then the flex. I went with Jeff Wilson with Hunt not playing and with Mitchell probably not going to play. But I can still pivot off of Wilson if I need to. There's still plenty of options in that range. So tight end, I went a little cheaper. I went with Dawson Knox, but it's not really cheap. And then wide receivers, I kind of went middle of the road with them. And I had to go with the Texans' defense. I don't know they won't let me down this week because they were $2,000. <laughs> nice. So what, did you just give us the whole fucking lineup? I didn't tell you two of my wide receivers. They are mystery guests. They will show up in the finals. <laughs> All right, so uh, my running backs, I'm going with Najee Harris. For eighty four hundred dollars, I like Jeff, yeah, Jeff Wilson too. for fifty one hundred. If Elijah Mitchell ends up playing, I could swap out Jeff Wilson. Not sure I will. Um, even if Elijah Mitchell plays, I might just leave Jeff Wilson in there. I think he's a lottery ticket. Or you could pivot up to your boy MC. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I mean, uh, Flacco taking the helm this mm-hmm. this week. There's a yeah. cheap quarterback if you want one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll yeah, against Miami. With Carter. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens with Carter with Flacco at the helm. Yeah. So I can't yeah, I can't bring myself I, I like playing Michael Carter in, in fantasy. DFS is just it's just different. I I can't I feel like I can't rely on him. I can't put my money on him week to week, you know. He's just he's been so hit and miss, but um Eric, who are your running backs? So with my two running backs I actually kind of cheaped out on him. I went a little heavier on wide receiver. That's not like so, at all. No. So, well, somebody enlightened me uh, a couple weeks ago. He kind of broke it down how, like, the 6K range for running backs this year has kind of been where you want to live. Like, 6 to 5K, like, in that range. Like, it just seems to be the play as far as winning your tournament lineups this, this year. It seems to... Pay up for some wide receivers, hope they hit, and then float around in that six set six ugh, six to five K range for running backs. It just been it's been working out better. I mean it worked last week. Those guys were sub five K, those are even cheaper. But a yeah. couple weeks ago too, Carter was on the winning lineup and he was cheap. I think he was like low fives, like fifty one. And there's been a few other times where some of these cheap running backs have hit. So I went with AJ Dillon as well for sixty two hundred. And I actually went with Miles Gaskin. I had Miles Gaskin in for a time. I thought I thought long and hard about Miles Gaskin. Yeah, the matchup is is a little enticing. Don't get me wrong, but it's also Miles Gaskin, and like he can simply show up Sunday with a six point two fantasy points type of day. Like it's you really truly never go, but it's an odd numbered week for Gaskin, so he's gonna do good. I'm sticking <laughs> with that that trend, 
I'm telling you, <laughs> even numbered weeks, he's garbage. On odd numbered weeks, he does well. So, fingers crossed that my little uh, trend that I sniffed out is actually true. It, it, you can't argue with the results, right? I mean, <laughs> he's been really good in the odd number of weeks. It's not up for debate. It's no a scientific fact. So, I, I just, yeah, I, you might be talking me back into him. I mean, he's playing the literally, Jets, dude, too. Dude, odd number of weeks. 12 and a half, 10 and a half, 31.9, 17.7, 14.7. Even weeks, 8.6.3, He has yet to break double digits on an even numbered week. Yeah, it's kind and of And he is guaranteed to be over double digits in an odd number week. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is this is DFS 101 breakdown right here, boys. Just Fuck the analytics. Just look at the game logs. <laughs> Odd numbered week, fire him up. You're going to make me put him back in. You're going to make me put him back in. I paid down for Jeff Wilson, and you're going to make me put him, put him back in. You're a piece of shit. All Who's right, going to be so, more highly owned, do you think? Wilson or Gaskin? If Mitchell, if Mitchell's out, I think it'll be Wilson. Yeah, if Mitchell's out, it'll be Wilson. Yep. Gaskin's going to retract some ownership, too, because that's, that's, that's why I kind of... I feel like my running backs are a little chalky here because I think a lot of people are going to use Dylan and a lot of people will use Gaskin, but I think more people are going to use Connor and definitely more people are going to use Wilson, I think, if Mitchell's out. Um, I actually, so I just changed it. I added Miles Gaskin and the other running back I could fit under my budget was Joe Mixon. So now I have Burrow, Mixon, and Chase for a stack. I don't usually like playing my running backs with my quarterbacks, but Mixon's a pass catcher. some passes. I'm not worried about it. You know, he has like, I think he has uh, like fucking 22 receptions on the year or something like that. Like, it's, it's pretty good. So, hopefully he catches a touchdown, you know. <laughs> wouldn't be but, my um, play, but I can tell you this much. It won't be That wouldn't be a lot of people's plays. So, if it did hit, you'd have some leverage. I'm avoiding the chalk. Yeah. So, Steven, you gave us the rest of your team. You've been teasing some wide receivers. Why don't you walk us through your wide receivers? So, I did say I had the Dak, CeeDee Lamb, Stack. My other two wide receivers are Brandon Cooks and Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I'm fine with those. Both what should have prices? positive game scripts. Um, let me get in here. They were... Cooks is 6,000 and Renfro is 5,800. Hmm. So, most most of my lineup was like 6,000 and above until I got down to, obviously, tight end and uh, my flex. So kind of middle of the road, looking for some value in my running backs with the so, I mean, starts. Like Cooks has been, he's been pretty hit and miss, but Tennessee's defense is fucking awful. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I was giving Cooks some luck too, just because of the matchup. But I ended up not going with uh, Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I may play around with it because Renfro has been money since Ruggs left. Yeah. I love, left. I love Renfro, but I don't know if I love him in tournaments. Yeah. I think he's more of like a cash game wide receiver, 50-50s. Just because mm-hmm. I – how big is his – how high is his ceiling? Oh, he's got 17 points the last two weeks. Yeah, that's – if you're trying to win a tournament, that's usually not enough for a guy, especially in that price range. Mm-hmm. That's just me. That's my my input. That's all. I love Renfro. Don't get me wrong, but – yeah. yeah. 
No, I, I would agree. And I, I, I still I mean, been looking would... at Cooks, and I might pivot off him because there's a couple of guys with Cam starting. I might pivot to DJ Moore, who's a hundred less. Nobody's going to use him. Nobody's going to use him for good reason. Going yeah, against Washington, kind of garbo, but but I, I might just pivot for the upside play. I could also go to Lockett at six thousand with Wilson back. That's the only thing grosser than DJ Moore. <laughs> Lockett's a good DK wide Look receiver. At, yeah. Though. He's when he hits, he hits. He hits, right? Yeah, yeah. I just, I just feel like you can't count on him. You know. Well, for a tournament play, I, I'm looking for the guy that's going to put up potentially twenty five to thirty points. Yeah, but he could also be the guy that single handedly costs you money because yeah. he scores less than five. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. But that's. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm in the same boat with Brandon Cooks, so. No, but I mean, Tyler Lockett six fucking thousand dollars. I'd rather play Renfro. Well, I'm no, playing Renfro. I'm not taking Lockett. Renfro out. Uh, you know, even though I like that Cincy Vegas game, I think I'd rather play Lockett. No, you're not. Lockett has uh, 35 point upside. I don't see that for Renfro. I don't even think Renfro has 25 point upside. No. Does Renfro have a 5.4? Nah, it's tournaments, man. You're trying to win. It's a two hundred dollar difference. I'll take I'll take I'll take fifteen points from Renfro, guaranteed for fifty eight, as opposed to a five point floor from Tyler Lockett for six grand. When I'm playing tournaments, I don't really care about floor. I'm looking for ceiling plays. Technically, trying to trying to win, trying to win first place. That's just the way I view it. That's how I play them. I'm not trying to min cash. I'm trying to max cash. You know, and Tyler Lockett has more of a ceiling than Hunter Renfro in my eyes. Yeah, I don't really think uh, it's just, up for debate, but no, it's not up for debate. I, I just, it's, it's just a difference of philosophy, I guess. I mean, like, I, I'm under no illusion that I'm, I'm ever gonna win the Millie Maker, so I'm not trying to make literally the perfect lineup ever. I'm just trying to make some money, and to me, Renfro costing less than Lockett is a fucking no brainer because Lockett could literally cost me the game. Yeah, but like I'm not taking Renfro out. My decision is between Cooks and and Lockett. Well, I know, but we're, but but yeah, Steve's no one talking to you. Okay, well, it's my <laughs> fucking lineup. I'll talk if I want to. You're wrong. Eric's right. He makes way more money than you at DK. That's why he's a DFS degenerate. Lockett's it's just my in. just my tournament. My tournament philosophy you know mm-hmm. it's just yeah. how I do it. i'm i'm playing well, like for ceiling. I said, it's, it's, always it's, playing it for is ceiling. definitely it is a difference of philosophy if i was yeah. if i was shooting for the moon i would want Lockett. if i'm just trying to if i'm just trying to win some money i'm taking run for yeah if if we're sitting here and we're talking about building a 50 50 lineup where we're just you know you're just finishing the top half and you, you double your money then it's rent for all day and night for me just because he's more consistent and he's more likely to get that 17 point game than Lockett. Or even Cooks. Yeah. I mean, Cooks I'll take be- just because of the lineup. I-, I didn't... I assumed you were talking about Renfro because he's a, work for- he's a worse wide receiver than Cooks and has a worse matchup than Cooks. So if I was going to take anybody out for... To-, to replace with Lockett, it would be Renfro. Cooks is in my lineup. Um, I'm going to leave... I'm going to leave Cooks out. I'm going to leave Lockett in. Eric, do you, agree- do you concur? He's swapping Cooks for Lockett? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for tournaments, I'm actually good with that because Cooks will be up. I'm going to assume that Cooks is going to be more highly owned than Lockett, so that's probably a decent little pivot because I would view them guys kind of similar as far as ceilings go. 
with Lockett, actually, I think I'd give him the slight edge. Yeah, but you'd, you'd rather have you'd rather have Lockett Renfro than Lockett Cooks. I'd rather have Lockett Cooks than Lockett Renfro for tournaments. That's yeah, I I'm can't. Saying. I'd have to adjust a lot to get Lockett uh, Cooks because of the price. It's a two hundred. It's a two hundred dollar difference. I know, but I can't take it away from my defense. So that <laughs> changes. I have to change tight end. I have to change flex. I have to change quarterback. I got to take the two hundred from somewhere else because I'm already bottom dollar on defense. So I just don't have it. I don't have the money. I'm like Green Bay next year trying to sign Devontae Adams. Come on, man! I got forty eight cents in a fucking stick of gum. Stay. <laughs> so would you guys like me to go into the rest of my wide receiver core? Absolutely. Yes, sir. So, obviously, I have Jamar Chase because I'm stacking him with Joe Burrow. And I was also able to squeeze in Tyreek Hill, who is going to be your mom's favorite player in Week 11 because he's just always constantly played in, in tournament lineups for good reason. And then I settled. I had to go down cheap. But uh, I found a $3,400 wide receiver I kind of like, even though he's coming off a... Goose egg, one target, week 10 performance, and he really hasn't done much in a long time, since week 6. But I actually went with K.J. Osborne. Wow. Nice. 3,400. The hell would you land on him? I like that game as well, the Packers and the Vikings game. And oh, I do too, but... It was a cheap option that I saw yeah. down there that I kind of needed. Because when we get to my flex guy, you'll, you'll see why. <laughs> I, I like it i like it yeah yeah i know you're you're playing to win you're playing for keeps yeah that's ballsy i like it though because he does he does have the upside for sure because he shows a lot of promise i am actually really excited to see what he becomes in the next few years because i i really think he has a lot of promise i do and i think uh i i think there's a good chance that one of Jefferson or Thielen kind of gets locked out almost, like kind of shut down, kind of taken away, and I think that could open up some potential for Osborne to maybe have a big game. Not a huge mm. game. Like, obviously I'm hoping he has a fucking 30-point game, but I don't expect that. But I'm shooting for it. Maybe yeah. he gets in the end zone twice and I get lucky, and if that does happen, then it'll probably mean the rest of my team went to shit and none of them hit, and I'll just have to stare at him and be like, well, I got the cheap guy right, but the rest of my guys sucked. <laughs> seems to be the trend the past couple weeks yeah no i mean I, i'm i'm fine with osborne and uh it's just yeah he's so dicey i just try yeah i try to avoid those guys but you and me have very different approaches so uh, i'm not surprised at all that you're starting because <laughs> he is he is one of those like if he hits, he hits guys. Like if he if if he has a game, it's twenty plus points. And if not, it's eight or less. You know, it's like that's just that's who he is. And uh that's perfect for the type of lineup that you that you're building. My wide receivers are Keenan Allen against Pittsburgh for sixty nine hundred, Rashad Bateman against Chicago for forty five hundred, Nico Collins against Tennessee for thirty three hundred. Now that's a cheap play. Nico Collins has been straight garbage, but Tennessee is literally the worst in the league as far as giving up fantasy points to fantasy wide receivers. So I don't think Brandon Cook can do it all by himself. 
He's going to need a little bit of help, and I'm hoping if Nico Cole t- catches a touchdown, I'm going to cash. Like, he's $3,300 fucking dollars. He's cheap as fuck. He makes me happy with the rest of my lineup, and he has, a, he has just as good a chance as anybody, right? I mean, really, really bad secondary. He's shown some flashes, not a ton, but <laughs> some flashes in the past. And uh, so I put Nico Collins in there as my super, super cheap wide receiver. And that's what kind of helped me round out the rest of my roster was saving so much money on Nico Collins. That's a risky play, too. That's just right. That's right up there with Osborne to me. Oh, it's, it's riskier <sighs> than Osborne. Yeah, but he's probably, a lot cheaper yeah, than Osborne. Not really. How much was he? Thirty three hundred. He's a hundred bucks cheaper. No, he's not. Yeah, Osborne's only thirty four. What? Yeah. Oh my god! I might put an Osborne. <laughs> right, I'm telling you. Not, well, no, there'll be some people using Nico Collins because they'll see that green thirty second next to his name, but they also won't realize that the Tennessee secondary has been playing a little bit better the past couple weeks. I've watched them. Uh, they're not. You can pass on them, but it's not like it was in week two or week three. Like, they've been clicking a little better on defense. I mean, they've beaten the Rams, the Saints the past two weeks. They held New Orleans to 21 points, I believe. Granted, they were playing Trevor Simeon, but. Yeah. They, they, they're not like people, like I said, people are going to see that 32nd next to Nico Collins' name and, and automatically think, like, oh, he's going to smash, where he might not. I don't know yeah, how I, mean, I feel about Collins personally, but well, to each their own. Absolutely, I mean, I, I've yeah. I've shit on some of your picks. I've shit on some of Steve's. Like, feel free to shit on mine. If, Steven, your thoughts? I wasn't listening. I apologize. <laughs> Moving I'm, I'm on, building, I'm building more lineups. <laughs> so, Steven, who is your tight end? Oh, you told us your tight end. I went with Dawson Knox. I went with C.J. Uzma to complete the double stack with Joe Burrow. And like I said, I have Dalton Schultz. It's you know. No point going over it again. And like I said, you know, my flex, I was, I took out uh, Devontae Adams. I was able to plug in Jamar Chase, 7200 bucks, but he should absolutely feast on that terrible fucking Las Vegas secondary. Very happy to have Jamar Chase. Uh, Steve, who was your flex again? I went with Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. So are you, yeah. are you, are you going to take him out if uh, Elijah Mitchell plays if, or are you going to let if him Mitchell, rest? If Mitchell plays, I'll take him out. Because mm-hmm. I, I can go, he's fifty one hundred. There's, I'll probably go down a couple spots, um, and take like I, I might take Elijah Moore at forty nine, and that gives me the extra two, and then I can sub out Renfro for Cooks. Mm-hmm. So I might do that shuffle if uh, Mitchell plays, but I'll definitely be taking Wilson out just because if Mitchell plays, they're going to feature him like they have been. Even with the pins in his finger, I just I'd rather take him. But it gives me other options if I if I move down a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I just don't trust it. It's 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 a it's shaky a, situation. And Jeff Wilson has every chance in the world to go off. I just do. I don't trust Kyle Shanahan anymore. I just fucking don't. What is he doing over there? I I don't trust him either. But like the one thing I will say, he has shown us is that when Mitchell is healthy, Mitchell's the guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, but is he 100% healthy? Probably not. So it's like, what's going to happen? You know, it's, yeah. 
He seems to, uh, he's been getting banged up a little bit early in his uh, career, Mr. Yeah. Mitchell. He's had quite a few injuries this year. Injury after injury, yeah. yeah and they're different. <laughs> Broken fingers. What was he out with early? Was it an ankle? I feel oh, like he's God, had at least three it's, different it's injuries. A, it's been a revolving door. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Rick, you told me your flex, right? I did not tell you my flex. Oh, Eric, who is your flex player? So my flex option was actually another piece from this Dallas-Kansas City game that I think is going to be one of the lesser-owned pieces. And I went with Amari Cooper. I think everybody, everybody's going to use CeeDee Lamb. Everybody's going to use Schultz. Everybody's going to use Gallup. Amari Cooper's that one guy. I'm not, I mean, he comes up a little bit, but you can tell he's like, people just mention him and it's like, next. Oh, CD Lamb, this, CD Lamb, Schultz, this, Schultz, this, Gallup's 4,200. I'm going to play Cooper, man, because he can hit. He can hit just as much as any of those other guys. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. it, it's been more of the CD show, it seems like lately, but week eight, he had almost a 30 point game. It's, he can do it, man. He can fucking do it. So, I think that's pretty much going to wrap up the episode. So, I mean, I, like I said, guys, I'm sorry. You're only getting one episode this week. We recorded a first episode. It didn't stick. The episode was lost. We've switched to a different website. Hopefully you hear this one, in which case I'm just talking to myself if you're not hearing it. So, you know, we're this really the third trying. website this year? Yeah. Oh, it's fourth. A, uh, fourth. Fourth. Yeah, it's it's terrible. So we're really trying. We're not trying to stiff you guys. We're not taking any days off. Let me tell you that. Like we work our fucking asses off, and the episodes don't get out, which is even more frustrating. I can't even tell you how much I'd love to just take a week off and not have to worry about it and all this and that. But that's not who we are. We're striving for perfection. So we just keep plugging away at it and. uh like we said, we, we've we moved to a different site to record, so hopefully that helps, and we can get the episodes out regularly and often. Sorry you only got the one. But if you want to reach out to us for the first episode next week, see how optimistic that was? The first episode next week, we'll be recording it Monday at 8 o'clock p.m. You can leave us an email at dddfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 508-343-8010. It won't ring. It'll go straight to voicemail. We'll play your voicemail right on the air for everybody to hear. We'll answer your question. We'll do start sit. We'll do add drop. We'll do uh, buy sell. We'll do questions about the podcast, questions about us, the degenerates, whatever you want. We don't care. We'll answer anything. None of it matters. Steven, any parting words for the listeners? Good luck. Get your lineup set. Watch for COVID. Make sure you have the guys in the right spots because Fridays you could lose the guy you think you're going to need in your running back spot. So pay attention. Playoffs are coming. Eric? Just good luck with all your DFS lineups this week. Hopefully you win big. And good luck in your fantasy leagues, good luck dynasty leagues, redraft leagues, you name it. Kind of repeating what Steve just said, but. Hopefully you can make a trade that's going to swing you over the top. It's trade deadlines are close. If they're not this week, they're probably next week. You know, obviously, thank you guys so much for listening to this. And a special thank you to our Patreon members. Any help that the show gets obviously goes a long way. These websites that we were just bitching about are not free. 
literally none of them are free. They are required for us to record because we don't live all that close to each other. We live in the same region, being New England, but uh, we don't even all live in the same state. It's kind of a big region. If you guys Google it, I don't know if you ever passed middle school geography, but New England's a big area. It's tough. So the financial report, the financial support that we receive from our Patreons is greatly appreciated and in return we are giving away a full-sized autographed helmet signed by lawrence taylor one of the greatest to ever do it an absolutely phenomenal football player one of the greatest football players of all time never mind pass rushers never mind linebackers he's one of the greatest football players ever and this thing is gorgeous i mean it's the metallic blue autographed in white ink i mean it's fucking beautiful and uh you know steven's giving it out of his own personal collection he's taking this off the mantle to send to you guys it's stellar and i I wish i could win it but unfortunately i can't i'm just a degenerate you know steven's only giving it to a patreon member so you guys are gonna have to sign up and find out if you win you can find the link on our website daydreamingdegenerates.com and uh hopefully well one of you will win it hopefully it's you i'm talking to the specific uh the specific person listening to this episode i want everybody else to lose except for you you're the only one i want to win the person listening i don't know your name or location but i want you to win (laughs) so uh please don't forget to get entered into that. And uh, we appreciate all the love and support. We, I get DMs all the time on Sleeper. We receive emails telling us that we're doing a great job. And thank you so much. So thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Hopefully uh, you win Lawrence Taylor Helmet. And thank you guys so much for just being here for us and struggling through our technical difficulties. Have a good night, and don't forget to set your lineups.